Welcome to Forward with Glenn Walters, lead pastor of Judah Church, located in Charlotte, North Carolina. We believe today's message will help move you forward in your everyday life. From faith to faith, strength to strength, and glory to glory. Let's join Pastor Glenn in the sanctuary for today's message. Grab your Bibles and turn with me. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24 is where we're going to live today. Today we, um, we're going to finish this series entitled The Night Shift. We're going to finish this series. And um, <clears throat> I, I want to talk to you. Thank you guys so much. I want to talk to you. Um, I will probably teach more than preach this morning. Because I really, I really want this to just land and, and be absorbed. By the end of this message, you should be so encouraged as to your faith walk that you should walk out of this room today changed and strengthened and encouraged by the power of what I believe what the Lord has given me for this morning. We're going to finish this series entitled The Night Shift. And for the last several weeks, we've been walking through places in the, in the scriptures where we see God move in the midnight hour. Well, up until now, last Sunday, we talked about the Passover that happened at midnight. Because of the lamb and the blood that was shed of the lamb, at midnight, they were able to eat with their shoes on to be pulled into their freedom, headed towards their promise. For the entire duration of this series, I have preached on what has happened. But today, I want to talk about a night shift that we have yet to see. There is a night shift that is coming that we have yet to see. The, the scriptures have declared it. I, I almost said predicted, but this is not a book of prediction. This is a book of prophecy. You can find this prophecy in Ezekiel. You can find this prophecy in the book of Revelation. You can find this prophecy sprinkled all throughout the text. That there is a night shift that is coming that this book has declared and prophesied that is going to take place in our lives and for our lives that has yet to happen. And I want you to hear me this morning. The next prophetic event that is going to take place in this earth is this thing called the rapture. You will not find the word rapture in the text. But sprinkled throughout the entire book, it has all been crescendoing to a moment where God is going to rapture his bride. He's coming back for his bride. That word rapture, watch this, it means to seize. It means to grasp. It means to grab a hold of. It means to be caught up. It means to be snatched. Most of us have a picture of a rapture that is going to take place where God is just going to come out and he's going to step on the cloud and he's going to play some nice little music with a trumpet sound and all of these things are going to happen and we're all going to be able to just watch him float down and watch him and watch all of us that are in the beloved float away. Hear me today. There is an element of that, but what he is going to do is not something that is cute. It is not something that is just ethereal. 
Gabriel with little angels, with little wings, with little harps floating down here to the earth. The Bible tells us that it, there is going to be a snatching away. There is going to be a grasping away. There is going to be a seizing away. I've subtitled this message as we conclude this series, A Thief in the Night. A thief in the night. In the Gospel of John, we see Jesus getting ready to go away, and he's having a conversation with his disciples, and he says this. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, you can pencil this in. You can bank on this. I shall return and receive you to myself. He goes to prepare a place. Listen, Jesus is not Bob the Builder. He's not sitting up there with his little helmet on and with his construction thing and he's hammering nails and doing all this stuff. The word is not prepare as in building something for us. He is there making preparations for the wedding. Uh, he said, if I go, bank on this, I'm coming back. You and I are living our lives today holding fast to the same promise as the disciples. That if he went away, he will return again. And listen, he's coming like a thief to your house. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, I want to read the text and then we'll, 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 we'll just go through it. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, oh, if you've ever been there. If you've ever been there. He sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when we will, these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. There are so many of us that are looking for the signs. It is unbelievable to me how many people in the church world, they're so focused on what is the signs, what is the signs, what is the signs. The question I want to ask is not what is the signs, but why are you so focused on them? And here's what I found to be true of this generation of people in the beloved. The reason why we're so focused on following the signs is because we want to know how loose we can live for how long and then we can tighten up and then get really serious about it. How close to hell can I live and still make it into heaven? But if I know the signs are getting close, then I want to make sure I get real serious now. I really pray every day. I really read my Bible every day. And I don't just read it and I don't just pray it, but I want to be in a relationship because I don't want to miss it. Most people are looking for the signs because they want to know when to get serious. But he's coming like a thief in the night. The prophet Ezekiel, in, in Ezekiel chapter 38, he tells us over and over again about what the second coming is going to be and do. And, and, and let me just mess with this for a minute. The, Ezekiel tells us in chapter 38 that the king of the north, that word is Ross, R-O-S-H. It is the suffix of the word Russia. That the king of, of the modern, our modern day Russia, he will, he will pull him into a battle with a hook in his mouth. He will drag him into a battle. That he's going to come into 
into an alliance that we, what we will recognize as modern day China. The king of the east is how Ezekiel prophesies and decrees it. That they will come into an alliance and with a hook in the king of the north's mouth will be drugged into the valley of Megiddo. And right there in the valley of Megiddo they're going to wage war with an alliance with Syria, modern day Syria and an alliance with modern day Iran to come against the children of Israel and the people of God. Hear me today. We are as close as we have ever been. I understand what I'm doing today. We're preaching literally to the nations. I'm not talking about evil people in the nations. There are good people in the nations. But I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist that has invaded the leadership of corruption and evil that are aligning all of these things together. We shouldn't be shocked. What we're seeing today for the Valley of Megiddo with the Great War, the Bible says, it has been declared, it has been prophesied that the blood of that valley, I'm going to take some of you in a few months, will be so full that it will come to the horse's bridle for the great war. It's so big of a deal prophetically that, the, that Israeli air forces are underground in the valley of Megiddo. How many more signs do you need? Listen, he's coming like a thief in the night. The question I hear over and over again is, well, where, where is America in all this? Where is America in prophecy? Are they the eagle? Are they not the prophet? Where is America in, in, in all this? Well, if pre-tribulation is the standard then there will be tens of millions of American citizens that have been raptured. What do you think it's going to do to the economy? What kind of influence do you think the United States are going to have if tens of millions of us just magically disappear by an alien invasion? Okay. How, how will we recover? Excuse me. How will they recover? And I'm not going to debate you over pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. I'm not going to debate you over that. I will just remind you that before God ever brought judgment to the days of Noah, he provided a deliverance for the redeemed ones. I will remind you before God brought judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah, he brought deliverance to Lot and his family. I'm saying there is scriptural precedence over and over again that would make us understand that it is highly likely that before God allows the Antichrist to take full reign, that there is going to be a deliverance of the redeemed. But hear me, he's coming like a thief in the night. It's unprecedented times, y'all. We've now gotten over the vaccines. We've now gotten over the masks. We no longer allow it to be the thing that divides us. But I just want to remind you, just a few short months ago, if you didn't have a mask, you couldn't go in and eat. If you didn't have a vaccine, family members would shun and disown you. 
And listen, this is not a political message. I just want you to understand today that all of these things where Jesus is allowing us to understand that we will no longer be able to buy or sell or do all of these kinds of things. In my lifetime, I've heard all my life that he was returning, but never in my life have I seen people not be able to eat because they did not have a mask. So now more than ever, 666, the mark of the beast, is becoming a part of our culture. He's coming like a thief in the night. I was talking to my nephew this week, and he was talking to me about a pastor that he knows that, that made the statement and said, hey, listen, we, we're just not even going to address the book of Revelation. Cool. That's, that's really cool. It's not scriptural because there is a blessing to those who hear it and then memorize it. But if you want to live, allow your people to live in ignorance, well, why would you continue to be that sheep in that pasture? Makes no sense to me. But there is a blessing that is attached to understanding the signs of the time. There is a blessing to not just hearing about it, but allowing it to be absorbed. So when you see what you've been reading, you can recognize where we are. And there are too many, oh God help me, I just feel like making everybody mad today. There are too many of us that are being led by our politics and not by the prophetic words of God. We are being led by our preferences, not by the word of the Lord. Hear me today. He's coming like a thief in the night. But I want you to understand, the reason why most people don't want to deal with Revelation is because they look at it like a horror. But I want you to know, for the ones that are in the beloved, it is not a horror story. It is a victory story. We finally have understood why we're enduring what we're enduring. Why we're going through what we're going through. When we see the signs of the times, we're not sitting here scared. We're not sitting here worried. We're not sitting here afraid. We know that one day, oh God, here we go. We know that one day that the bear that comes out of Russia is going to have to bend his knee to the lion of the tribe of Judah. That every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going, and you and I are going to be caught up with the one that's going to come in like a thief. First Thessalonians chapter 5. But concerning the signs of the times of the season, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, so I should write to you. No need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes, look at it, as a thief. In the night, in the book of Revelation chapter 16 verse 15, Jesus himself says, behold, I am coming like a thief. In the gospel of Luke chapter 17 verse 34, I tell you, in that night there will be two men in the bed and one will be taken and the other will be left. Listen, this is going to happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. You're not going to have an expectation. You can see the signs of the times, but the Bible tells us that no man knows the day nor the hour in which it's coming. And I need you to hear me today. It's going to happen like a thief in the night. In your house. There is going to be a global abduction. It will be a global abduction. 
I'm not trying to scare you into salvation. I'm trying to help you understand, man, we're going somewhere. This thing that we've been living, this thing that we've been worshiping, this thing that we've been going through, it all has a purpose. He has a plan and all of that. And listen, and the disciples are sitting there going, now, now when will we know when to get real serious? And I love Jesus. Because Jesus will not just tell us what we want to hear. He'll tell us what we need to hear. So he looks at us in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm going to read the text. And he answered and he said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will be deceived. And it will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Watch this. For nation will rise against nation. That's ethnos against ethnos. That's ethnicity against ethnicity. Have we not seen this happening? And kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All of these things, look at this, are the beginning of sorrows. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Verse 12. And But lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will Come, I want to give you five principles for this particular passage that I think is very important as we understand that he is a thief in the night with this global abduction that is coming. Number one, 24 verse 4. Tell me the sign when you take heed for yourself. We're so outwardly focused on what's happening. Jesus says, don't focus on what's out there. Focus on what's going on in here. You know you're getting close when you recognize what kind of inward inventory you have. If you see these things taking place, take heed yourself. Not what the preacher thinks, not what the church thinks, not what the public school system thinks, not what the politician thinks. You need to take a look and allow this thing to do a God scan over you and take an inventory and take heed yourself. We don't quote this scripture in church anymore, but I grew up on this. Work out your own salvation, look at this, with fear and trembling. We don't want to fear and we don't want to tremble at the thought of our salvation. But Jesus is saying, when you get close, you better take heed for yourself. Amen. Lest you've been deceived. When you see these things, you better do an inward scan. How will so many, he's not talking about unsaved people, y'all. He's talking about the church. How will so many be deceived? Here's why. They'll be so deceived because they're focusing on what's happening outside of them instead of, and they're being distracted on what's happening inside of them. The second thing we find is in verse 6. He says, listen, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that, look at this. See that you are not troubled. That word in the Greek it means agitated. You have to take heed for yourself. And when you see these things beginning to crescendo, you can't get troubled. Trouble. 
You can't get agitated. You can't sit here in this perpetual, perpetual place of anxiety and, and, and work up. This should not make you stressed. This should make you excited. See that you are not troubled. Jesus said, let not your heart be. For if you believe in God, believe also in. For in my Father's house are many. And if it were not so, I would have told you because I am the truth. In other words, do not allow your heart to take the bait of offense that the rest of the culture's in. So let's take an inventory. How many times do you take the bait? You look on the social media. You, you look at the news media. You look all this and you find yourself agitated because you're looking through carnal lenses not prophetic ones. In verse 12 and 13, look at this. Number three. And because lawlessness will abound. That word in the Greek is the same word as iniquity. Okay? And iniquity is this. The knowing violation of established laws. The difference between a sin and an, an iniquity is sin is something you just make a conscious decision about in the moment. Iniquity is when you understand that this is a violation of the law and I'm going to live in it. This is a violation of what God would have me be and do and I'm going to live in it. And he says, you will know that we're at the signs of the time and the thief is about to come when lawlessness, when iniquity is abundant. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't get on Facebook without seeing iniquity abounding. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many, oh, I, I went King James for you, will wax cold. He's talking to the church, he's talking to his bride. He's saying that there's going to come a day when you're going to let the flame go out and because the flame isn't continuing to keep the wax melted, the flame goes out and just little by little you become hardened to the flame of God. We wax cold. Here's number three. Iniquity abounds, lawlessness abounds. All of a sudden, you see a whole bunch of cold churches everywhere. Because you see a bunch of cold preachers everywhere. Because you see a bunch of cold worship leaders everywhere. Because you see a bunch of cold congregants everywhere. He says, listen, but he who endures shall be saved. I was at a wedding yesterday, and I mean, I about took this text because it was just in my heart. There are so many of us that want to enjoy, and in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of that enjoy. But there's also something that is required in us called spiritual grit. The scriptural word is called perseverance. 
And we don't want to persevere anymore. We don't want to have spiritual grit anymore. We don't want to go through anything. And the moment we start going through anything, we blame the devil on it. Could it be that God is allowing us to go? Because there's something about the end where you and I are going to have to endure. Because it is only those not who enjoy, but those who endure, they are the ones that will be saved. In other words, if you're going to make it, you've got to have some spiritual grit. Pastor Glenn will come back with more of the Word of God when he continues this message in a few moments. Stay with us. Join Pastor Glenn Walters, Eddie James, and Catherine Mullins-Robbins February 10th through the 12th, 2023 for our Shabbat Youth Conference located at the LeConte Center in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Also, join Pastor Emily and many other mighty women of God for our Such a Time as This Women's Conference. This conference will be held at our Steel Creek campus here in Charlotte, North Carolina, March 24th through the 25th, 2023. For more information or to register, visit us at judachurch.org events or download our Judah Church app. Now, let's get back to the sanctuary where Pastor Glenn will continue this powerful message. Verse 14, here's the last one. He says, you'll know us the end when this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come let, let me help let me help everybody who's trying to shut the book out you can't stop the gospel there is nothing that is going to happen in this world it doesn't matter if it's another millennium that is going to stop the gospel from being preached. You can close the book. You can try to burn the book. But you can't pull out the gospel of the kingdom out of the earth. Why? Not because of a preacher. Not because of religious preference. Because God has established this entire world by the foundation of his word. The foundation of this world is laid in the fabric of the thus saith the Lord. And this gospel will be preached to every tribe, to every nation, to every tongue. And it will increase in the earth, not decrease. You can silence it in your mind if you want to. It will never stop it. So, let me just help you. There are 195 nations in the earth. Last Sunday, little old Judah Church, 12615 Steel Creek Road, little old country boy from Laurenburg, North Cackalack, ain't got no sense except who to marry. Last Sunday, you didn't have to amen me that hard. Last Sunday, while we baptizing, while we're celebrating, while, we're, while deliverance is taking place all over this front, while we're having to get out trash cans for people to walk in their deliverance, last Sunday, 108 nations, 457,957 listeners on one radio station. What are we doing? We're going into all the world. We're doing everything we know to do to go into all the world. Why? Because we know that when the gospel is preached in every nation, good news, good news, the thief is about to break in, and it doesn't matter how dark the night is, He's coming like a thief in the night. And I don't know how you feel, but I say even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thousands of ministries all over the world are going all over the world. 
Next year, Tanzania missions trip, we're going to win people to Jesus. Next year, Alaska missions trip, we're going to win. See, some of y'all have come in in this COVID society where y'all didn't realize we go more than we come. Okay, I'm going to help all of you because the greatest thing you can do is not live for yourself. We want to fulfill prophecy because I don't know how you feel, but I want to see my Redeemer. So, verse 42. Come on, Joey. Watch. You can't watch with your eyes closed. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, okay, watch and know that if the master of the house had have known the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready. Why? For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. I'm here today to beat the drum, sound the alarm, ring the cowbell, do whatever I need to do to help you understand that there is coming a day and Jesus is letting you know there's coming a day and you shouldn't be surprised. The signs of the times are laid out before us and he's coming like a thief in the night. How many in your house is he going to get? And how many in, in your house are you scared are going to stay? He's coming like a thief. If a good man had known the thief was coming, well, I'm a good husband. Well, if a good husband had known the thief was coming, well, I'm a good father. If a good father had known the thief was coming, hear me today. My assignment in this message is to awaken every good man and good woman, the thief is coming the gospel of Luke chapter 21 then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory now when these things uh oh Y'all say the first word. When these things. There's the secret. We're waiting to find out when the last thing is going to be. He says the moment it begins. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble. When you see these things begin. When I start seeing 
the things begin. Look up and lift up your heads. Oh God, Psalm 24 is tapping me on the shoulder. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you ancient doors. Why? For the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? Oh, he's the Lord, strong and mighty. Oh, God. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and ye be ye lifted, ye ancient doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King. Look up. I'm a King James boy for your redemption draweth nigh. He's coming like a thief. He's going to creep in your house and either you're going to be abducted or you're going to be left. If this isn't good news for you, then either you or someone you love is grieving your spirit man. Shababot say, hey. A good man will wake up. had a man tell me and y'all I'm bold I, I, I'm bold and I usually get yelled out every Sunday by my wife for things I say the man looked at me one day we was sitting in the meeting and I was talking about my dad in the season where he was far from God this old man he, point, he looked at me pointed my face he said When's the last time you talked about the love of Jesus to, to your dad? And I'm like, oh, man, you know, he knows everything. He's read the book. He's got all this stuff going on. He's fine. I mean, I, he ain't going to make it to heaven, but, I mean, I, it ain't nothing I can say. And here's what he said to me. And it shook me, and I had to deal with it personally. Sent me two hours away to stand in front of my dad, bound by alcohol because of a whole lot of shame that time he said Glenn if you're not willing to confront the salvation of your father that's fine next time you see him just tell him to go to hell just tell him to go to hell it shook me to my core to the point to where I had to confront. I stood in front of my dad who wrecked my family in that season. And if it had not have been for leukemia, I don't know that we ever would have been put back together. So I thank God for cancer. 
it healed my family though it took him home but I'm so glad to know today he went home you hear me stood in front of my dad standing outside of my grandmother and grandfather's house on their little back patio and I looked at my dad and my dad had every expectation that he and I were about to we were about to get into a, a fight with hot tears coming down my face I said dad I'm sorry boom he started crying what are you sorry for son I'm the one who screwed up our family I said no in a moment when you needed the love and grace of God this son who's also a pastor was more focused on what you did to me than what Jesus did for you and me and I'm sorry that I was more focused on my pain than where you're going to end up he didn't get saved that day he didn't get saved that month. Truthfully, he didn't come back to Jesus for a couple years. But I planted the seed. And somebody came by and began to water the seed. And God provided the increase. If you're hearing this message today, in this room, radio, live stream, podcast, and you're not strengthened, by your faith it's either because you're playing games or you're grieved by someone you love that may not make it when he comes like a thief in the night heads are bowed, eyes are closed you're in this room this morning and you're far from God today the Bible says that no man come to the Father say the Spirit draw him the Spirit of God is drawing this morning pastor you don't understand you don't understand what I've went through no I don't understand what you went through but I understand what he went through because of his love for you and I need you to hear me today he loves you more than he hates your sin he loves you more than he hates your sin. Today, choose you this day who you're going to serve. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to this altar for prayer. If you're far from God, come on, prayer team. If you're far from God, well, Pastor, I, I'm just not comfortable coming forward. Well, if you won't stand for him in here, it's going to be real tough later. But really what I feel in this service is that I'm to awaken the intercessor. I'm awake, I'm, I'm to awaken the grandparent that you used to count on their prayers in you for someone that needs to count on your prayers now. I'm awakening the intercessor 
as a mom, as a father, as a grandfather, as a grandmother, as a friend, I'm awakening the intercessor in you. And I'm asking the Spirit of God to awaken boldness and not cowardice. Well, you don't understand how uncomfortable of a conversation that will be. It won't be more comfortable. It will be more comfortable than where they may end up. He's coming like a thief. And I don't know how you feel, but I want everybody to make it. Especially the ones I love. Heads about, eyes are closed. If you're in this room today and you're far from God, are you just not sure? The fire of God is in this room to melt the wax. The presence of the Lord is so fiery that the Bible says the hills will melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Today, if there's any wavering, any question, we're going to get it right today. He's coming like a thief in the night. Heads about, eyes are closed. Stand with me all over this room. If you're wavering, your heads are still bowed. If you're questioning in any way, in a moment, Vince is going to lead us. Come on up here, Vince. While that is happening, I release you to this front to grab one of our prayer team members, and they're going to just pray the prayer of faith with you. But what I really feel in my spirit in this moment, in this service, that it's time to move from frustrated with our loved ones it's time to move prophetically in faith for their souls addictions is not their portion perversion is not their portion there is no bondage there is no guilt there is no shame that is afforded to the sons and the daughters and as for me and my house We will serve the Lord. And it is my declaration, it is my decree that we will serve the Lord. Come on, Vince. Slip up those hands all over this room. As a matter of fact, no, here's what we're going to do. Hang on before you go. On the count of three, if you have an unsaved loved one or a loved one that you're just not sure we're going to call their names into the atmosphere of this moment. And I don't care if they're 100,000 miles away. They are not so far that an angel can't be dispatched right now. That's, that God can't release a prophetic word into somebody that's in the same city in them and go, Thus saith the Lord. And they fall to their knees and say, What must I do to be saved? That, listen, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man, it avails much. In other words, your prayer does not go unheard. Your prayer shakes things and it changes things. And today, on the count of three, we're going we're gonna to decree those names in the atmosphere of this moment. Just their first names if you're comfortable. On the count of three, you ready? One, two, three. Call that name right now. 
Father, we ask for angels to be sent in the name of Jesus. We ask for the spirit of evangelism to sit in that city, in that place, in that stupor. If they're in the crack house, send an evangelist into that crack house. If they're in perversion, send an evangelist into their neighborhood. Whatever it is, God, I pray for the spirit of God to rise up. Oh, God, awaken. Let them hear your voice. Knock them off their horse today. Blind them if it's necessary that they may hear the prophetic utterance of God in their life. You have trained them in the way they should go. And right here, Lord, we decree they will not depart. They will not depart. They cannot get away from it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, I just awakened the intercessor. I awakened the prayer warrior. I dare you to pray the prayer of faith. Be it so unto me. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take the word and apply it to your life. To get and stay connected, learn how you can give, and to join us live, visit judachurch.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.